Oh, hi, welcome to Noise Violation Podcast. Today, our guest is a female dating coach for men. She runs a website, consulting, and podcast, The Wing Girl Method, and the podcast is What Women Want. Welcome, Marnie Kinris, to the show. Hi. <laughs> Actually, the podcast is Ask Women, and then it's What Women Want, but it's all Oh, okay. Sorry about yeah. that. Ask That's okay. Women what Women Want. That just reminds me of the Mel Gibson movie, uh, yeah. What Women Want. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're doing. We're gifting that to men. We're like literally being the voices inside women's minds, but we're telling, we're like telling yes. you what the thing is that's going on that we're thinking and feeling. So yes, exactly the same. <laughs> so, the, so that's my point of reference for kind of what, what you're doing. Can you give us a backstory on how you got started uh, doing this? Yeah. Well, when I was 23 years old, I was at a singles mixer at a rabbi's house and nobody was talking to each other. So I started grabbing men and making them go talk to women because I wasn't interested in anybody that was there. So I was like, oh, if I'm not interested, I may as well help other people out. And so I would help them start the conversation. I would give them feedback as well. Like, ah, she's not that interested or, oh, back away, blah, blah, like make her want you more. I would tell them exactly what to do to make them seem more attractive. And by the end of the night, a few of the guys were in great interactions with women. One pair were making out with each other. Another pair ended up dating for a little bit after that. So like, I was very proud of myself. I went home and I hated my, my job at that point. I was working in PR. And I said to my roommate and friend, I hate what I do. I love what I did tonight. I think I could do that for men. I'm going to be their wing girl. And my roommate and friend said, yeah, that's not going to happen. Guys don't want that. They won't pay for that. You're not gonna make a living off of it unless you like throw in other, you know, favors <laughs> as well for men. And I was like, I don't, I don't think you're right. And so at I think like 1.30 in the morning, I marched into my bedroom. I posted an ad on Craigslist about being a wing girl for men where I would pick up women for them. And by the next morning, I had over 75 responses from men. Wow, that's awesome. So yeah. you, knew it, you knew you were on to something right away. Yeah, but I didn't know I was on to something right away. But I knew that there was interest in it. So I, I, didn't, I, I didn't know exactly what it was. And some of the people who did contact me were kind of strange. But I, I knew that there was something interesting in there. It may not have been specifically what I offered at first, but there was something in there that could be wonderful. Right. And so what were kind of those first sessions like? Were you... Weird. Uh... <laughs> Very <laughs> awkward and weird and strange, but really exciting at the same time. So initially it was my myself and my friend who was there that night that I had had the idea. Um, and we would go out with these guys and we would help them pick up women. And then the interesting thing happened was that these guys actually didn't want to go pick up women. They wanted to understand, mainly it was based in fear. They didn't really want to put themselves out there to go interact with women. So they instead mm -hmm. um, asked us a ton of questions. But I started to realize that a lot of men didn't know what women were thinking, didn't know what women wanted, didn't know how, why women did the things that they did. Because that's what we would spend the three hours on, was just breaking down uh, how females work to these men. And instead of continuing the service where I would go and pick up women for men, because you're not really a man if you can't do that yourself. I, I did the beginning steps or focus on the beginning steps of teaching men how to have the confidence to do that themselves. 
and create systems for them to go through so that they don't need me or any other girl to be their wing girl uh, in the field or out in person or on dating apps. They could figure out how to do it themselves and learn how to do it themselves. Yeah, so you're focused more on that very first introduction and the first initial impressions rather than, you know, the full relationship. Um, is that Definitely. right? Definitely. For a lot of my coaching, yes, or a lot of my programs that I have, most of it is in helping men figure out who they are as men. So that's a way beginning stage even before the approach actually happens. And then the beginning interactions, approaching, having the first conversation, getting to the date, going on the first date. And then a lot of the coaching that I do afterwards in my email coaching and phone coaching is focused on the after the attraction, beyond attraction part, where it is getting more into, I'm dating this girl, what do I do? I've had a relationship with this girl, what do I do? I'm married to this woman, she doesn't want to sleep with me anymore, what do I do? So it, it, it's interesting that, yes, I did start only coaching about that beginning phase, but it's definitely expanded into way more. Yeah, so can you take us through a timeline of, you know, maybe it's the, the guy who's in his bedroom and is scared to go out and meet girls, um, you know, some common mistakes that, that guys make and how they can correct that. And, you know, what's, what's going on in the girl's mind when they're making those mistakes as, com as compared to like what, what they're thinking when, when the guy's doing everything right. So well, when the guy's doing things wrong, what she's thinking is, oh, I feel bad for him. Oh, I have to get away from him. Oh, I have to find an excuse on why I have to leave. Uh, oh, he's giving me creepy feelings. Oh, everything kind of negative. Or, oh, I see him as a brother figure. I don't see him as something sexual. But I can tell that he's trying to, to be that way. So all of those thoughts would be mixed into what happens on the front end when you're not doing it correctly or when a woman is not attracted to you or feeling attraction for you, not because you're not attractive. There is no feeling there of attraction and chemistry. On the flip side, when a woman is feeling attraction for you, there's excitement, tension, something going on in her belly that feels like a whole bunch of butterflies. Uh, it feels like her heart's going to pound out of her chest, eagerness, neediness, insecurity, a ton, a ton of emotions on that side as well. It's really more about the woman focusing on the guy when she's not interested and then focusing on herself about how, what, what she can do better, how can she, she can do better, what she's feeling. So those, those are two big uh, different, differentiators between she likes you and she doesn't like you. Right. And so what about the, the pickup line is? Oh, I don't believe that there's a line. I don't, it's not about what you say. It's about how you say, like I have this one phrase where I say, you could come up to me and say banana, banana, banana. And like one guy, I'm going to want to punch in the face. One guy I'll want to like just hold hands with and make sure that he's okay for the rest of the night. And I'll, I'll, I'll want to jump his bones. It's really about how information is delivered and the how is your body language your uh, tonality your facial gestures uh th that energy that comes towards you in terms of the inner confidence confidence and self-value mm -hmm. that you have for yourself that's where the how comes from and that's what we respond to yeah, Women so are what is that to subtleties what and what's the tonality what is the body language can you describe the body language is open loose relaxed and the voice tonality, I would say, is very much the same, but it's speaking with purpose. So like how I'm talking now, this 
is a wonderful voice tonality. I'm comfortable with myself. I'm okay with what I'm saying. Even if I'm talking really fast, whatever my mode would be, it's I'm very sure of what I'm saying and I'm passionate about it and I'm curious about the other person. It's just this, this certainty behind what is going on with my voice. Uh, people who are a little bit nervous or shaky or uh, speak in a very monotone or in a soft manner, uh, that tonality doesn't carry across as somebody who has these uh, traits and attributes that women are looking for. Right, and so you're saying the girl can pick up on that immediately. So they, they can feel yeah. that energy, they can feel whether they're quiet spoken or whether they're confident and loose. And yeah, so and, and, I, and I will say soft spoken doesn't necessarily mean unattractive. I, I did a Facebook live the other day for my members only group and I had this amazing coach on who was very soft spoken. And he's, he's kind of um, like, he talks like this, but he's so, he's like, there's, he's so sexy because he knows just what to say. He says, like, he, I know I just said it's not about the what, but it's like even the way that he's speaking again it's not about the words it's about like the how and he says it in this really soft kind of youthful way and it's still really appealing because he's he's very passionate about what he's saying and he's very certain about what he's saying and that is super attractive because i know a lot of guys think okay you don't need to have those things you can be very soft-spoken and still be extremely attractive I, i've had crushes on some of my professors and who were very soft-spoken but it was because they were so knowledgeable about what they were talking about and they were so uh so like immersed and passionate in their in their um in their topic that i couldn't help but find it attractive yeah and so when a girl is attracted what's some of the body language that that a guy would notice that he could pick up on to to see that she's interested Definitely leaning in anytime she's batting her eyelashes, playing with her hair, licking her lips. Um, some of that body language most often does say that she is attracted unless she's a really confident girl because a really confident girl is going to get a little bit cocky and sit back still because she's still sort of figuring you out. But if, to, the thing to look for at that point is her being engaged in the conversation rather than looking elsewhere or trying to cut the conversation short. If she's continuing to lead you down a path or throw jabs at you and banter with you, that's showing that there's a level of interest that's still there. And is this all, is the initial, initial impression, is that usually- The lasting like, impression? Yeah, like how long until you know whether, you know, it's like, a, hey, I'm wasting my time with this girl, I should just leave, and then I should talk to somebody else, she's clearly not into me, but... It, I mean, it can shift, it can totally shift. I have a lot of guys that, in my life, who at first glance I'm not attracted to, but give them five minutes where I can see more about them, and their face like literally starts to morph in front of me and shift and change. So it, it, it can happen instantaneously when that attraction is there, or it can take, you know, five, 10 minutes, or it can be something that happens over a longer period of time. But in order for that shift to happen, shifts within that guy has to happen for her to see him any differently. But um, I know your question is like, can it change? 
yes, it can change. But from a first interaction, I would say that within the first 20 seconds to a minute, it's almost 80% correct whether or not this person, you're going to be interested in this person or not. And same uh, from a guy's point of view. If she's not won over in those you know, first 20 seconds to a minute, it's going to be really hard to, to get her attention, especially if you're in a bar setting or somewhere else that's really busy. You, you don't really have very much time. Right. And a lot of attraction can happen before even coming up and approaching her because she can see you before the approach happens. So you can build up that momentum before actually approaching. Right. So you're standing on opposite sides of the bar. You're making eye contact. Um, is she doing anything to invite you over? Do you just go over? What, well, she's your... continuing to look at you. She might be smiling at you a little bit or at least like glancing over and continues to look at you, which is a, which is a clear sign that she wants you to look over. But if she's looking over like this with a very straight face with no emotion whatsoever and looking back, that's just her being cautious because she's because somebody's looking at her. So mm -hmm. she has to also be engaging in the look. So there has to be a little bit of a smile. Maybe she turns back to her friends and she's extra boisterous and like trying to make her, herself look like she's really fun so something that signals i'm trying to look more attractive for you to make the first approach but that's really her kind of approaching you but if she looks over she's cold she doesn't want you to see anything fun coming from her that's 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 a signal that she's not interested in she, she wants you to stop looking at her and is there any of that hard to get is like do some girls play hard to get like that where they no not where they where they they have a straight, that is a clear signal that it's making them uncomfortable and they don't, they don't want to invite anything over. No smiles, really just like a straight face. Is, mm -hmm. It's really just looking out of caution. And do, does the setting matter? Should you change what you're doing if you're in a grocery store as opposed to a bar? Um, I guess is no. it's all universal to the energy that you yeah. bring. It's still, it's, voice. yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, there, there is definitely an elevated energy level when you're out at a club versus a, a grocery store, but anybody who can come over confident, um, curious and open is going to be appreciated. And there's, you know, there's different tactics that you would have to use because of the level of music, or a certain body language that you would need to display because you're in a louder place. But most of it is still pretty much the same. And do you teach anything about compatibility or are you just talking about like... No, I mean, I talk to people about compatibility for sure. But I think at the end of the day, compatibility is, is, is what you at, at the very core feel that you are compatible with and what it is that you like and what you're willing to accept from another person and vice versa. So I know that there's a whole bunch of like, you know, Myers-Briggs tests out there, personality tests there, where it can say who, who you actually are 100% compatible with. Yes, maybe that may be the better partnership for you, um, but that's not how I'm advising people. I'm advising people to ask for what they want and to look for compromise from the other person that they're with. All right, yeah, so after that initial connection, after that initial conversation, um, Clearly, it's like, okay, well, the, do you want a relationship or is this just fun? 
How do you after the first that? conversation? I don't know if I would bring that up on the first conversation at all. Unless unless you know you're a little bit older, you're in your forties, and you're on your first date, you can say, What what are you looking for? Like what are you looking for in life? You know, where it can be a broader topic instead of just sitting across from somebody and saying, like, what do you want? I really want a serious relationship right now. But there is nothing wrong with stating where you are at in life. You you can be on a date talking to somebody and say, you know what the the, the truth is that in five years, I, I, I want to be starting a family with somebody. That's my goal for the next five years. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And I'd like to, you know, pop out my first child. You, you can say those things if you if you don't want to waste somebody's time and you don't want them to waste your time. But it, I, I, I've heard a lot of women who go on dates and they have their their list of things that they want to clear first before they go on a date. And it, it, it can come off as attacking to many men and it doesn't allow for a natural um, connection to happen. Um, and that can be very off-putting. That's why a lot of women are advised to not state their wants because they don't do it correctly on a first date. Um, but again, you can just, you can just calmly and um, casually bring up that topic and see where the conversation goes. Women are more open to having that conversation if the man is leading that conversation, because a lot of women are told, don't bring that up because it'll scare men away. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, uh, how much of this translates to online? Is it? Um... All of it. Everything translates to online. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's line there. There's, there's things that you have to write. So it's a little bit different. They're not actually seeing you in 3d. So it is a little bit more superficial when you're dating online because the person is literally just looking at a flat face, even though you're, you know, you get to choose which visual you want to show rather than the live and in-person one at that moment. Um, mm -hmm. But it is more superficial because, and, and you're also being presented with like a thousand people in front of you when you're choosing online. So it, it is, it is a little bit more superficial and a little bit more challenging with online. Um, but the same rules apply. You, you, you still have to put what you want out there. You have to respect yourself when you're dating. You have to ask for what you want. You have to be clear, confident, and act like a leader, and get, like it's, it's, it is the exact same things that need to be exuded from you online. Right. And so is there common mistakes that guys make online, like with their pictures or their bios? Um... Yeah, there's a lot of mistakes that people make with their pictures and their bios. <laughs> they, write, they write their bios for the women that they're trying to attract, although they don't know the women that they're trying to attract, rather than writing their bios for themselves. Um, and, or they write very, uh, um, data point headline profiles so that they don't dive deeper in to who they are so that they can present their personality. Um, they keep it very basic, um, instead of actually not getting a little bit more detail, but getting uh, more intricate with who they are as a person with their pictures. A lot of guys just have like 10 pictures of nature or 10 pictures of selfies or, or you know, three them with other girls or four pictures of them topless, which is fine for some profiles. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a, a lot of mistakes depending on, I mean, these are broad questions. So like whatever your, your age range is and how you want to present yourself. Yeah. There's a lot of mistakes that are made online for sure. And even when approaching women online, some guys just say, Hey, or hi. And if you're really good looking, you can do that. And it's totally fine. You're going to get, you're going to get one response at least. 
Um, but if you're not, I think it's going to take a lot more for you to stand out in her mind than just saying like, hey, or hi, or what's up, or hey, Jennifer, my name is Patrick. How are you doing today? So it, it still has to be something that's a little bit unique, that stands out in some way, uh, and can be right. what are girls, a little bit original. What are girls looking for on that first message? Something that catches their attention. It's It's all about like, hitting the primal brain, they are getting flooded with messages from guys. So something that's, that stands out that's a little bit different from the rest of the pack. Something that makes her feel something. Something that shows that this, this, this guy has wit, has intelligence, has um, passion, has, has a brain where he can think differently or that he can see something interesting about her. So like a really appealing first line is, oh gosh, what is it, how did, how did it go? Um, there was something really interesting in your profile that caught my that caught my attention do you want to know what it is mm. something mm. something like that i forget i forget exactly what it is but it's a friday my brain is a little uh, blurry <laughs> but um but something like that that basically is, is saying like there, something caught my attention it's like there is something interesting about you but do you want right. to know what it is like and most most women are going to respond back to that. Doesn't mean they're going to respond back afterwards. You have to have a good follow up with that after. Um, but yeah, and actually, if you go on to my website, I have a program for uh, dating during COVID, and there's a nine minute preview that talks about openers, like how to craft the best opener, where we talk about that the first line that I'm talking about right now. And then Kristen uh, Carney, who's my banter expert. She also advises on ways to craft a good message by drawing associations within a woman's profile so that it can be unique and different and also show a little bit of intelligence and wit. Yeah, I heard people are actually doing like Zoom meetings like this. Um, yeah. For like their first date or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're, you're t t talking people to like, hey, set a Yeah, what else are you supposed to do? <laughs> Why not? It's actually, I, I think that these baby steps should happen anyway, in terms of going out and, and giving time to somebody else. I think you can tell a lot from a Zoom call. It's definitely very different when you're in person, but you can at least eliminate a lot of people who maybe you would have gone out on a date with them, dressed up, given a night to them, um, spent money to go see them. I think you can can cut down on a little bit of that by having these virtual dates first. Right, and and so I guess to dig into this virtual date, um, do you go more casual? Say, hey, I'm at home. I'm casual. Do you dress up? Do you wear? Depends what your personality is. I would say you still want to look good, but you can be playful as well and saying like, you know, I have um, black tire, black tie optional for our date and like you could wear a tuxedo and have her wear a ball gown for your like you can be as funny as you want to be it depends on what your personality is but it's always nice to sort of give a woman a task beforehand of what you kind of expect and just say like uh, oh my, God, my brain is not working today but say something where uh you say like i i'm planning on wearing pants for this date i hope you are too or i you know socks option you, you, you can play around with all of this stuff and you could do like, you know, fancy on the top, like comfy on the bottom, but just something to say, like, I hope that that's what you're doing as well. Or this is what I expect with like a little cute smiley face at the end. Right. Back when I was dating, I always found the most difficult thing was 
when I was overthinking things is, is when I would freeze up is like, Oh, I start thinking about it. Like, Oh, she's too cute. Um, she'll never talk to me. And, and then you get all this mental, just garbage going through your head. Yeah. Well, your brain's pretty powerful. Your brain can tell you a lot of things and then you look for evidence to believe what your brain tells you. So there's a ton of exercises that you can do before things like this that can get your brain out of that space and put it into a more confident place. Yeah. And what, what are some of those exercises that you teach? Um, a lot of, well, so I teach about affirmations. I have a whole bunch of visualizations uh, on my website as well. that can help put your brain and your body into a good space to pump you up. And you have like at least 20 minutes of, 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 of positive visuals of yourself before interacting with somebody else. doesn't mean you're not going to be psyched out by a really pretty girl, um, but it's going to not have that the stronger effect on you. The other thing that you can do is you can start to start, start to learn the story that you're telling yourself every single time that this happens. So for you, you had already said, you know, she's too pretty. She's not going to like somebody like me. So you have to really work on that story and work on adjusting that story and find the truths within that, either by listing out 20 amazing things about yourself, about why somebody who's that pretty, one thing, would like a guy like you and you can list the 20 different wonderful things about you that can you know counterbalance the one thing that she's pretty um or what you can do is i actually had this one coach on my facebook live a few weeks ago and he teaches something called precise language which uh, teaches you how to talk to yourself to work through your own stories so that it's, it's questioning your own self story. So it's, it's, it's really just coaching yourself and questioning this story that you're telling yourself saying, like, is that really true? Is it's like, if I were to approach a really pretty girl, would it be true that I wouldn't know what to say? And then you can, you can ask yourself these questions before actually getting into the approach where you could say, well, if I did approach a really pretty girl and I got nervous, I could do X, Y, and Z so that you, you start to mentally, rehearse, which can calm you down and find solutions for what to do. If you, if you do come up against the, the blank brain or the nerves coming in, it just, it's just preparing beforehand so that you can find tools to calm yourself down in the moment. Right. And then it's, so it's, it's like almost like you psych yourself out. And then as soon as you stop caring, stop caring what somebody thinks of you or stop caring about all this other stuff is when, when things start really flowing. Um, yeah. And so it, it's kind of, it's kind of tricky to, you know, just care so much about introducing yourself, but also not caring at all about what happens or what, what you say. And so. Or be okay with caring so much. That's the whole thing where you say, you know what? I actually really like you. I'm very nervous right now or I'm super attracted to you. Like you're the prettiest girl that I've ever seen. I'm nervous right now. It's like, you just even putting what is sort of freaking you out or making you nervous out into the open that can help calm that down as well. Yeah. And I, so I think it's a problem a lot of guys deal with. Um, so I'm sure you're busy nonstop <laughs> helping mm -hmm. people. Um, yeah, I mean, and I don't sound so eloquent on this podcast, but I like I have a, a, a ton of tools for helping people eliminate that negative talk in their head so that they do get to that moment. They won't freeze as much. And then over time, it will become less and less and less. And like the girls that you were talking to before that you thought were an eight won't freak you out, but the nines will freak you out. And then 
slowly you'll start to work it through the process for nines and nines won't freak you out you'll get more comfortable with them and then so it's, it's it's it is a process to help calm all of all of these things down and eliminate them but it is possible to do right and then i heard on one of your shows you're talking about how how to get a number how to invite the girl to give you her number instead of just um kind of asking for permission to get the number yeah you're, you're at you're inviting them to give it to you yeah invite them into your world just be like oh why would that be silly if you didn't give me your number what's wrong with you you want them to think that like okay i can't wait to, well, i can't wait till he asks me for his number i can't wait to give him my number i'm gonna find a way so that he can get in contact with me yeah yeah so what what so what what is what would that look like can you explain well actually I want to read you something that I think is really cool. So I like examples better. If I feel like if I'm just talking, then it doesn't really make sense for a lot of people. Okay. But I had a, a great example the other day when we did our Facebook live and this is through texting. Okay. So I'll read you a, a text exchange. Awesome. Okay, so uh, actually, do you want to share the screen with me, or I can share the screen? Can I share my screen with you? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Oh, I have to. Okay, host disabled attendees screen sharing, so I can't share with you. Okay, so I'll read it in a boy voice and a girl voice. Okay. Well, you certainly seem fun and cute, and possibly my new best friend for a girl. For a girl, haha! <laughs> I can handle that. How are you on this lovely Wednesday? Watching a movie about cooking, I'm such a rebel. Sounds like it. What movie? Chef. Oh, chef. Haha, <laughs> I've recently gotten into cooking. Exciting, I know. I wish I could get into baking. However, oh wait, I wish I could get I could get into it. However, baking is my jam. So relaxing. You bake, I cook. Did we just become the dynamic duo? So things like that. So where it's bringing the we together, we are a team now right now we're already together and it's like five texts in with each other that things like that are what are making her say okay now we're a team now we like doing things you're interesting you're watching shows about cooking and you're making it sound interesting the way that you're talking about it and now that we're a team oh my gosh you have to ask for my number so that we can do more so so things like that it's just always moving things along in that i wish you could see the example because there's so much more to it it's hard for me to i i think i fixed it where you can share now oh, you do? okay so i want to show you the full thing okay okay so here's the screen all right you be the guy and i'll be the girl okay okay so here we can come in dynamic duo haha <laughs> the future fat but well-fed dynamic duo Oh, I'm thinking we'll find ways to burn off the calories, wink, wink, like jazzercise. As long as you wear leg warmers. And a headband? Come on, woman. I have excellent fashion sense. So when should we meet up and plan this epic cooking, dancing adventure? Soon, most definitely. Like we're on cupcakes, go together all day, every day. Okay. So, that, so that's just an example. Like that's really quick how that happened to be able to connect the two people together in some way, intrigue her, entice her, attract her. And then you put it out there to hang out. 
Right. So the guy's not just rambling on. He's right. He's there's asking, a path. There's a there's a yeah, there's a ask for for a date for a number. Yeah. Um he's gotta steal the deal and close it. Mm-hmm. And exactly. Yeah, that's the point of texting. You're texting to meet each other in person, or at least to go to that next level. So for virtual dating, Zoom dating, whatever you want to call it, like you are trying to get to that next level with that person. And if they're not riding that wave with you, then you cut it off. Is there a texting protocol? Like how many days after you meet? Is it all just... I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't become a texting pen pal, but like if you're still talking and texting for three to five days without plans to meet up, then you're just going to continue talking and texting. It's not going to go anywhere. (laughs) And uh, what about guys who get friend zoned? Is there a way... What about guys that get friend zoned? Yeah, of course. Change up and stop being so friendly. You can get out of the friend zone. The thing with being in the friend zone is that it's for guys who don't ask for what they want. So they stay in this purgatory space where they're afraid to show any inch of sexuality, very nervous about stating their intent. Uh, So instead, they become complacent and they appease and and please. um, And therefore, they don't get what they want. But if you start switching that up, you can definitely get yourself out of the friend zone. So you're saying guys put themselves into the friend zone. Yeah. I don't know any woman who's ever said, okay, placed in the friend zone. And like the guy has no control over that. He can, he doesn't have to be friends with her. He can go find other women to date. I don't, I hate when guys say, oh, this girl put me into the friend zone. No, you put yourself there by acting super friendly and not asking for anything else other than a virgin. Right. Yeah. So the, what they're just being, is it more passive than, um, mm-hmm. they're not really aggressive. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel passive in your mind because you think that you're doing everything because you assume that she's thinking and feeling the same things you do. So you're assessing the situation from your own point of view. So yes, it is, it is more passive. You're hoping that she will make the first move and she will be the more dominant one, and she is feeling the same thing that you're feeling, but most often she's not, mainly because you're holding back on putting any type of masculinity out there. Mm-hmm. And I've heard about um, people writing down like their, their perfect person or their perfect match, um, mm-hmm. or looking for traits like who they want is, I mean, yeah. I guess is that something that, that works or is uh, what's yeah, the, the more what the, the more clear because the more clear that you can get on who you are first of all and then the more clear that you can get on what it is that you're looking to allow into your life and what you like then you're looking more clearly but if you're just like i'll take anybody and i'll allow anybody to treat me any way and i don't care how i feel around that person that's a wide net and then that doesn't really say very much about yourself but I, I do hear what you're asking because you're asking, it's like being too picky. Is that going to bite you in the ass afterwards? It can. If, if, you're, if you're saying, I want somebody who is five foot 10, blonde, big boobs, blue eyes, um, between the age of 25 and 30, um, and then have four other things that you're listing that are very specific, yeah, that can totally pigeonhole you. But it could also work out really well because then you won't allow anybody else to, to come into your world. And you'll just go after those types of people. I had this one guy on my podcast who, after his divorce, 
he was very specific about what he was looking for. So he went on to either JDate or Match.com. He listed, I'm looking for a woman in this age range who has never had children, who is from, uh, who is uh, uh, French, uh, French, I forget exactly what it was. It was like, she has a French background, but is American. Her parents are from like this, this region of France. She's Jewish, like very, very specific, but then opened the net to all of J-Date, like all over the country. He was open to meeting anybody. One person turned up in his search and he went after her and approached her. He's like, you are what I'm looking for. And then they happened to click. He happened to convince her to <laughs> come to Los Angeles to see him. And like now they're married and they have three children. So he was very specific about what he was looking for, but he's also that kind of guy who can be very specific and very aggressive in, in making what he wants work. It just depends on your personality. But for most people, I would say pigeonholing your options can hurt you. So I would say if you have 10 strong values, or things that you're looking for, and you can have four of them, especially the top ones, that's amazing for you to have that in a partner at the end of the day. And then the other things, hopefully you can get from other people. Yeah, and what are the main qualities that girls find attractive and kind of prioritize them? Is it like all girls are money hungry. They want a guy who's rich, good looking. No, but money does say something about you. Money says that you're a man who can take care of himself, that you're a go-getter, that you know how to get stuff done, that you have intellect. So being fit, money, your physical presence, it says more about you than just, oh, he's rich. Oh, he's good looking. Oh, he's fit. There is more to it than that and those are the things that women are attracted to is that you have your shit together and can take care of yourself um and yeah you're able to do fun things and provide nice things for me and hopefully i'm able to do the same thing for myself so those things are going to be very attractive rather than somebody who has nothing going on for them no positivity no passion no drive um so i mean that wouldn't be attractive to a man either so yeah so if there's a guy who's out there and he doesn't have a lot going for him um where where do you think the first place he should start that would make him more attractive but he doesn't have a lot going for him i i the first the the first thing that has to be worked on is is you right so if you don't think you have a lot going on then you should have some things going on so that you feel better about yourself so that you have more confidence uh, if they have a weight issue, they can start going to the gym. If they have a money issue, they can start thinking of other uh, employment options that they could explore or other passions that they could start to pursue outside of work. If they, if they can't get a different job, they can try to find other hobbies that excite them in some way, something that can make them feel alive that doesn't have to be a nine to five job. So it, it's about uh, working on getting themselves to the best place. And even for guys who, let's say they live at home with their parents or they're unemployed right now, which most of the population happens to be, it, it, it's about looking at it from a positive space rather than a negative one. A lot of people are really down about their situation, um, but not realizing that there's always a positive reason as to why they are in a certain situation. Like this one client that I have, 
is very nervous about women asking him questions that he doesn't have good answers for because he happens to be 38 and living with his mom in this in this beautiful town outside of Paris. Lots of love, like crazy oh, wow. right now, but, um, um, but and so you know I, he gets nervous about women asking, "Why do you live with your mom?" I said, "Well, what is the reason you live with your mom right now?" He said, "Well, you know, coronavirus hit." Um, I wanted to make sure that she was taken care of and her house is huge and there's so much land and I was getting over being in the city and I was like, so I'm sorry, what is wrong with that answer? <laughs> that is a beautiful answer that you can give to a woman. It shows that you're a caregiver. It shows also that you, 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 you're okay with change and you're okay with up, uprooting your life to take care of a family member. It shows also that you were getting sick and tired of you know, big city life and wanted to try out being in a town outside of, of a big city where you can meet new people, where there's open spaces. There's a ton of positive things with, within your action. You just have to find out what it is, take own that for yourself and then relay that information to, to women and to other people. Right. So find, find what's good and really accentuate it. Yeah. Cause there's always good. Even mm-hmm. if it's bad, it's good. Even if, oh, you know, you got laid off from your job. The, the exciting part about that is that you get to find a new job. And maybe you get to find a job that makes you happier. So, yeah, sadly, my company was downsizing a few months ago. And they had to let me go. But it's given me an amazing opportunity for me to reevaluate where I am in my life. I wasn't really happy in my old job. But now I can do da 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 So there's always a positive spin. But you have to also have that positive spin within yourself. Yeah, and... So what about uh, gender roles? It's kind of like a new, I would say a new world. It's not like the old old world anymore where there's the same like wife stays at home and the guy goes out and works or <laughs> I always see like on girls profiles like is chivalry dead or somebody proved me that wrong that chivalry's dead but then it's also like they some girls don't even want will kill you if you're chivalrous right right yeah, so right. it's kind of like a confusing time for men as mm-hmm. to like, hey, should I open the door for her? Should I buy her a drink? Or she wants to do that herself? But you can ask those but You have to do whatever feels right for you. It's not about doing things because you're supposed to. So my husband opened the car door for me when I first met him. And I remember that being the most amazing thing in the entire world because nobody had ever done that for me. I am a very strong, independent woman. I'm very alpha. But yet I really like that. It made me feel uncomfortable, but I also really liked it. Um, but there are some other women who are like, no, a man does not open a door for me. And I'm very insulted by that. And most often, if you really like opening a door for a woman, you want to take care of a woman, even if she can take care of herself, you still want to be that guy. That's a mishmash of personalities, right? So that will quickly tell you whether or not you're a match for each other. And if you are on a date with somebody where you do open the car door or you open a door for her or whatever else is your act of, of chivalry and you can tell that threw her off, you can say something like, you know what, I noticed that after I opened the car door for you, you got a little bit quiet. I just want to let you know, I, I love opening the car door for women, especially an independent, sexy woman like you. Does that throw you off when I say things like that and I do things like that? If it does, I'll dial it back. There's nothing wrong with clearing the air, and oh, but it's still owning what you've done. It's not, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry that I did that. That was like a stupid thing to do. I'll never do that for a woman again. It's, I really like doing this. 
I enjoy doing this and I'm not doing it because you're a little lady. I'm doing this because I'm a man who opens mm-hmm. doors for women. So it's about, it's, it, again, how you phrase things and how you look at the world. So somebody else being thrown off by your actions doesn't mean your actions are wrong. It just means it makes them uncomfortable. And you can clear the air to clear that discomfort. Right. And I think it's like guys are taught almost to put women on, on the pedestal. But when you put some women on the pedestal, they get uncomfortable or they wobbly. Yeah. And so I don't want to be on, I hate being on, I can't say when I can tell that my husband is putting me on a pedestal, it makes me mad, really mad. I don't like it because it means I'm fragile. It means that I, that I do need to be taken care of. That's false. There's something there that doesn't feel good to me. But when he puts me as an equal, who he thinks is amazing and he wants to do things for me because I'm wonderful. That's a very different space to be. Right. Right. It's, I've noticed that too. And sometimes it's like, you don't even realize you're doing it. And then it goes back to the, the conversation about, you know, Oh, she's too pretty for me. She'll never say yes. It's like, Oh, she's way up here. And then I'm, I'm down here. And so. Yeah. Which is so crazy to me that anybody would think anybody's up here compared to you like there's there's it doesn't make any sense logically it doesn't make sense when you start to break it down it doesn't make sense even if you were to talk to yourself about it is she up here is she better than you you were to break it down by really understanding who she is as a person who you are you you can logically walk yourself to the place where actually you you may view yourself as an elevated person compared to her. So a lot of the emotional fantasy world is what throws us off. So as soon as we can make it a little bit more logical, which is wonderful because that's the way men's brains typically work, uh, it, it, it makes it more enjoyable. It makes it more achievable. And um, that's when you can push yourself back to that confidence space. But it takes it takes stopping your brain from going in that negative direction first and then you can start doing all of that work to re-spin the story Mm -hmm. and do people match when they're equal is like can you have i guess i see some beautiful women with some ugly guys or i see you know the other way around it's like well they they match when they're open and feeling the best they can feel like you match with who, whoever's on the same energetic but like level as you. Mm-hmm. That's really how it happens. A lot of people who may be depressed may match with somebody else who's depressed because they're depressed. Is that the best partner for them at that time? Probably not. Maybe it could be if you can if you guys can get back to that good place together. Um, but I I think that if you can get to a really good space inside I, I, I it eliminates some of the outside like if you know if, because that's what you've been given if you're not as good looking it, it can make you better looking and increase your opportunities if you can get that inside to be mm-hmm. really awesome and open right yeah so i mean it's not all looks it's you know, are you healthy? Are you taking care of yourself? I mean, are you mentally yeah. healthy? Are you physically yeah. healthy? Is 
other yeah, way. Do you yeah. value yourself? Listen, I'm not, I'm not a liar. Like looks matter for sure. A hundred percent how somebody looks. If I have two guys write to me, Hey, what's up? And one is freaking good looking and one is not as good looking or not good looking at all. I'm going to be drawn more to the more attractive person. The, the one who's better looking the same thing being said, right? Because that's all I've got to base it on. That line was boring. There was nothing there. The only thing that intrigues me is that person's looks, right? Mm -hmm. to, to weigh them out. I don't know anything about either individual yet. But the thing with being really good looking is that you can quickly plummet far down because you start off so high with high expectations or stereotypes about you that you can quickly go down if you don't have a personality to match those right. lines. Or it can make you even uglier if that's all you have, and then you hold that so high esteem. Yeah. And you, you look oh down on yes. people or something. So. Yeah, I had this one girlfriend. We were out one night, and she kept saying, "Oh, Marty, introduce me to that guy over there. I want to start talking to him." I was like, oh, "Okay, I'll introduce you." So I was like, "Oh, my friend wants to talk to you." <laughs> I'm not a very good wing girl for girls, but I'm just like, "My friend wants to talk to you," and she's super cute. So that's all that you really need at that point. And then they were talking for 10 minutes and she kept giving me like the help me eyes. And I came over and got her out of the conversation. And she's like, what's wrong? You were talking to the guy. She's like, he was the most dull guy I've ever met in my entire life. I was like, okay, that's cool. But it's, it is, I mean, that could have happened with somebody unattractive too. But my point is to say that like, just because you're good looking does not mean that you get everything. You might get more opportunities, more superficial opportunities, which is great for, for a lot of people. But it's not everything. Yeah, so I know we're wrapping up here. So I just want to thank you for, for all that you do and helping out people because you are, um, you're really helping people. You're, you're, you're taking people to the next level of their life and their relationships. And Thanks. hopefully that spurs into, you know, something more. It's like you're planting seeds that, hopefully grow into to something and so you're you're on the journey with these people and i just want to thank you for all that you do and um thanks i appreciate that i really do thank you yeah so uh, i like to end positively on on podcasts so what something that was positive that was perfect end it there <laughs> well i like the guests to end it positively so what's something that you that brings light into your life right now Oh, that brings light into my life right now. <laughs> the first thing that came to my head is that we're going to let our nanny come back in two weeks. <laughs> that, that was, that's perfect. I mean, that's it. Like, we're, like we have been isolated from everybody else for three months now. Um, and we have been going absolutely insane and high stress levels and brain fog that doesn't just happen on Friday afternoons. Um, so yeah, that is bringing light into my life right now that we are going to allow our nanny to come back three days a week and play with the kids outside wearing masks. That is my amazing light for the for this time. <laughs> awesome, Marnie. Well, where can people find you at online? They can go to winggirlmethod.com or they can check out uh, my YouTube channel, which is very popular, youtube.com slash Marnie Kimmer. So you can just search for a wing girl and I will pop up. Okay, thank, thanks for all your advice and coming on the yeah, show. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, of course. Thanks. Mm -hmm.